Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about some books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Welcome, Sydney. Back to Sawbones. So happy to have you. Thank you, Justin. You know I'm here every week, right? Yeah, but it's like just... Like, it's still me. It's just your it's your wife. Just Thank a delight, you. and I don't want to take it for granted. Oh. Well, thanks. No problem. So we're, uh, we are, uh... We're late, and we're, we're late. sorry. I've been out of town all week. It's all Justin's fault. He abandoned his family. Mm-hmm. And Sydney was too busy raising our daughter uh he's trying to keep himself from saying too lazy to research too lazy to research no we wanted since we had like it's been kind of a busy week here at the mcelroy ranch the mcelroy hacienda la hacienda de mcelroy uh we thought we would do another q a episode because y'all seemed like it and it's fun uh for us um and i'm hoping i'm gonna start calling this segment segment stump sydney because I think that's a f- good name for it and good branding. I think that sounds terrifying for Sydney. Yeah. But um, then you're all going to realize that it was all a ruse. It's all a I've ruse. I've never been a doctor. She's not a doctor. That's not true. That's, no. no, I am. She's definitely. I doctor. mean, just in case any of my patients listen, I don't want them to, to suddenly be horrified and think, like, what have I been doing? <laughs> what are these? Oh, you know what? These pills are Tic Tacs. That okay, that's on me. I should have noticed they're very minty. How has she kept this up for so long? Amazing ruse. Um, How has nobody at the office figured this out? Um, so Sydney, I have we have tons of questions from listeners, uh, and we I want to get right into them. Just a reminder we already say this in the intro, but this is not a program to diagnose your medical illnesses, so uh, it. Don't don't use us as a reference for what's going on with you. No, exactly. I, I, I'm really not seeking to give you medical advice. I think that there are a lot of just kind of quirky questions around the human body and medicine and why we do the things we do and, and the practice of medicine now. And, and that I think are, are helpful and interesting and funny and fun and that kind of thing. So this is not meant to replace. If you really have a question about your own body, Please go see a doctor. Uh, okay, Sydney, this first question comes to us from Jennifer, who asks, ingrown hairs, those are all caps, that's why I said it like that, ingrown hairs, why do they happen so much and turn into pimples and hurt? So ingrown hairs are kind of interesting because they actually, ingrown hair is a pretty apt description of what they are. There's another name for them, like pseudofolliculitis barbae. Stick which, with ingrown hairs. Yeah, I was going to say, That's which I, 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 we don't use that. It's not like, you know, you say you have an ingrown hair and your doctor secretly goes, oh, uh, you mean pseudofolliculitis barbae? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> no. They do that with other things, right? Like if you say you got the sugars, 
They're like, oh, you mean diabetes mellitus. I don't know. At this point, I think I probably refer to it as sugar as much as <laughs> diabetes just to just because. But so ingrown hairs are actually there. There are two ways they can form they're, and they're largely the result of shaving okay. for, for one. That's one thing to know or some kind of traumatic event to the hair or, or plucking traumatic or hair. event. How are you shaving? <laughs> <laughs> so what happens is the hair either grows out of the hair follicle and then like, kind of curves back and grows back into the skin around the hair follicle. Okay. Right? So hair comes out of a hair follicle, and it's not supposed to penetrate the skin around that follicle. Okay. Uh, so it can either grow out and then kind of curve back down and grow in, or it can be a case where it grows kind of out the side of the follicle and through the skin next to it before exiting. You know what I mean? Before it kind of tries to exit the skin sure so those are the 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 two ways that it can form either way they they usually have to do with shaving so uh in the in the first example it's just because you've shaved and created this short very sharp ended little hair which Mm -hmm. can penetrate the skin very easily or in the second example where it grows through the skin it's because as you shave you retracted the skin so you put so you actually like cut the hair really short okay does that make sense yeah and I so mean, then it's really short and it, it, it's down inside the follicle and, and it's sharp now so as it grows it can grow through the skin next to the hmm. follicle yeah because so many shaving products sort of advertise that as like a big a win you know that the they can get so deep a lot of people do that intentionally when they're shaving so they can get right like as close of a shave as possible which which is nice you know aesthetically and i think you know a lot of us culturally choose to shave or maybe you have to for your job or or whatever uh but in the long run if you if you are creating all these little teeny sharp hairs and you're doing it frequently and they're retracting down into the hair follicle you're setting yourself up for a situation where you're going to get ingrown hairs especially if you have curly hair actually because the hair is more likely to then curl back down into the skin Mm -hmm. uh so that's that's the main thing that's going on with an ingrown hair. Uh, you can also get like secondary infections as a result of this, but that's not really that's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. So that's like that's the main process. If you want to know how to stop them, I, I don't know if you would like this answer. I'm ready. You got to stop shaving. What about plucking? Uh, plucking can do the same thing. Really? Mm-hmm. Any kind of routine hair removal. Uh, aside from like trimming hair, but laser? like laser. What about laser? Actually, so laser is one option that is less likely to result in this. So okay. there, there are options that are less likely. Um, but and and certain ways of shaving can help. For instance, uh, they they mention specifically that like multi blade razors retract the skin more. Mm-hmm. So so that if they if they're advertising, we'll get like a closer shave. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's at the expense of setting you up for perhaps more ingrown hairs. Okay. So a single blade razor using a lot of very moisturizing uh, shaving gel can help. Okay. But, I mean, if you really want to completely eliminate the possibility of ingrown hairs. And I do. Just go au natural. Okay, no problem. Get that rugged mountain man look. Well, rugged mountain man who has a few patches on his face where the hair (laughs) doesn't necessarily all fill in real nice. Mountain man. Uh, this is a question from Songlin. I'm just using people's Twitter handles, by the way. So if that is not your actual name, I'm, I am, I am, all, all apologies. Does 
clear snot always equal allergies and yellow slash green snot equal contagious because every child care I've worked for insists. Yes. This is actually a myth that I think is, I don't think we'll ever get rid of. So the color of your snot, while um, I, well, I mean, interesting, while artistically stimulating, perhaps, yeah. is not is not that important when it comes to diagnosing what is the cause of your snot. Okay. So there are some general distinctions. You know, yes, generally, if you have allergies, it's going to look more clear, your snot, generally. Uh, but you could have some sort of cold, some sort of virus, viral illness, and it, your snot looks clear. Even bacterial illnesses, sometimes you can have some more clear sputum. Although we begin to associate bacterial illnesses with the colorful, you know, the, the greens and the yellows and whatnot, it's not 100%. Certainly, if you have what we would call purulent sputum, meaning there's pus in your spit, that's bad. Mm-hmm. And we usually we usually think that's that's an infection. That's okay. a pretty good indicator. Um, and if there's blood in there, that's please come see me or someone. Please come get that checked out. But the the color is just one factor. There are a lot of factors that go into the decision making as to like what is causing this issue that mm-hmm. you now have snot. So no, you can't just say oh green and yellow automatically means that you know it's a it's some sort of infection. And you can't say automatically that clear means it's not. So, so it's not that useful. Yes. So I, I will say this. You don't necessarily have to save it and bring it to your doctor and show them. Hey, great. Has you don't have, necessarily have to do that. that. I'm not saying don't ever. And if, I, you know, if that's your thing, but. Has that happened to you? I'm not saying that it's happened to anyone. I'm just saying you don't necessarily need to bring your, your mucus into your doctor. What's the best way, Sydney? This is a question from Corey. What is the best way to recover from muscle fatigue slash soreness after exercise? I'm starting to work out and it hurts. That's from Corey. Well, Justin, I feel like, I mean, this is a, this is well suited for you. This known, hits right, known to, the, muscle man, this hits right to the heart of my sort of milieu. Right. I know it so well, though. I always feel like if I started <laughs> answering it, I would get into a lot of jargon and a uh-huh. lot of technical muscle head terminology that wouldn't be as accessible uh, to the the listeners. So you so you'd rather just toss it to I'd me. I'd rather you just handle this one okay, just with this sure, one. Sure. Uh-huh. So, you know, it, soreness after working out is a very normal thing. So, first of all, don't don't worry about it. Um Unless it's unless it's beyond the bounds of, you know, that normal muscle soreness. If you're in intense pain, of course, something else could be going on and you should get that checked out. But it, it's usual that especially when you first start working out, you'll feel a little sore. Uh, some easy things to make sure is that you're you're being well hydrated. I mean, obviously, you can, you know, when you're working out, especially if you're doing some sort of cardio workout, you can get dehydrated faster. So one of the easiest things you can do is replenish your fluids after you work out. Water is always a good answer to most questions that that we ask. Not all, but most. Um, another thing to consider is that, you know, a lot of trainers will tell you not to continually do the exact same. If you're doing like muscle strengthening exercises, mm-hmm. the exact same thing every day, kind of give yourself a break in between, mm-hmm. you know, so maybe alternate some cardio and, you know, some, some strength training and, uh, throw in a day of rest every now and then that's okay to do. I've got uh, that one sore. covered. 
That's for, no problem. You got the day of rest. Yeah. So okay, that's good. I mean, it's good to take baby steps, like one thing at a time. Yeah, it started. I started there. Justin knows how to rest. Yeah, for sure. I'm drinking water. Yeah, so we're. I've like, got that part down. We're getting there. I've got to get the muscle soreness first. Um, those are some really easy things that you can do. Uh, heat, I think, is always nice for sore muscles. So you know, if you're just sore and you want to put some put a heating pad, not too long and not too hot, please don't burn yourself. Um, but that can be helpful. Uh, and then, you know, in general, you want to make sure if you're working out a lot, cause I'll see people who will get into these cycles where they're, they're trying to lose weight. And so they're working out a lot and they're not necessarily eating well to go with it. You know, mm-hmm. if you're going to put your body through that kind of physical workout, you need to make sure you're also giving it the energy that it needs. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to eat like protein bars or drink protein shakes or necessarily drink like electrolyte replacement Mm -hmm. type fluids if you get my drift like brondo brondo which has what plants crave exactly you don't you don't necessarily need those kinds of things but you need to make sure that you're giving your body a good mix of some proteins some carbohydrates you've got to have some glucose you know it just i got that all the electrolytes the fluids so make sure that you're also you know replenishing what your muscles need to grow and get 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 swole. Okay, I got uh, another question for you, Sid. Uh, this one comes to us from Doombot nine nine nine. Whoa! I'm assuming a robot, <laughs> which is nice. Nice that the robots are the, listening. Oh no! Always wait. Listening. Is it nice, or are the robots trying to understand human, human physiology, physiology better in order to? overtake us considering uh that makes this question even more terrifying what do those electric chest paddle things really do whoa do they really jump start your heart like it's a car battery that is see this is terrifying maybe i shouldn't answer this no yeah we don't want to give them to me secrets yeah maybe then they'll know how to secretly make them stop working yeah the reverse reverse paddles so i i assume we're talking about uh clear Yes, like a defibrillator. The clears. Um, you can also you could also do something called cardioversion with electric shocks. But so basically, it, uh, first of all, let me say this: it does not work like a car battery. Let me preface with that. Right, because uh, your car battery stores energy. Yes, it, 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 and and your heart does not. Yes. So when your car battery, the reason you would jump a car battery and mm-hmm. put energy into a car battery is because it is dead, right? Right. The car battery has no energy. Does not, yeah. Or at least doesn't have enough energy to light the spark in the ignition. So if you we were to liken that to the heart, if the heart does not have electrical energy, so let's say that it is not, uh, it's not beating, you know, you're in cardiac arrest, mm-hmm. you're what we would call asystole. Okay. Nothing is happening. So if we hooked you up to a monitor, we wouldn't flatlining. Mm-hmm. We actually wouldn't shock you. Really? No, that wouldn't be helpful in that situation. We would do CPR, chest compressions. Uh, we could, there are medications we can give, uh, but the uh, the application of shocks in that scenario are actually not helpful. I feel like I've seen that so many times on TV and stuff, like the and then clear. Yeah, you've probably seen a lot of things on TV that aren't true okay, when it comes fair. to medicine. Yeah, that's fair. And, and maybe other topics. Who knows? <laughs> They're actually, and that, and that's that's one of our biggest uh, problems when it comes to the whole advanced life saving CPR uh, shocking process is that you see these things on television that give you a um, a very unrealistic and rosy view of how this works, uh, which we are constantly battling. But so you would not shock for that. Okay, what um, do I shock for? 
so there, what we're really talking about is there are some rhythms that your heart can get into. Your heart has a, an electrical wiring system all its own. Okay. okay. And it's supposed to be in a very distinct rhythm. And you, you probably have seen that, like the blip on the monitor, the little jagged sure, yeah. blip or on an EKG, that kind of thing, the, the, the sheets with the different, you know what I'm talking I'm about. I'm with you. Okay. So you, you've seen that is what your heart's supposed to look like, sinus rhythm. That's the normal rhythm of your heart. Um, if your heart gets into, there are a bunch of different, and I won't get into all the different arrhythmias, but there are, are several different ones where it kind of is in a, a, a repeating loop, like a circuit gets stuck. It gets stuck in a, in one little circuit of current mm-hmm. as opposed to going all the way through the heart from the top to the bottom, the way that it's supposed to, it, it just gets stuck in this little repeating loop. Okay. Uh, and when that happens, we have to reset or depolarize all the cells in your heart so that the will break that repeating current. Okay. It's like it's like a stuck when um like a record would get stuck or something. Okay. Almost like that, right? And so when we depolarize all the all those cells, then our hope is that they'll start back into a regular rhythm. Okay, I think I understand. So that's the cardioversion is what I'm talking about at that point. Okay. Um and that's like it's synchronized when you when you cardiovert somebody, that rhythm, the the energy you're putting in is synchronized to the normal rhythm that we want your heart in. Okay. Okay. So, so we're putting energy into your heart that will depolarize all the cells and hopefully reset them into a normal rhythm. Okay. Defibrillation is just a little different in the sense that it is not synchronized to anything. It's just a jolt of electricity. Uh, when your heart is in something like V-fib, if you've ever heard of that, mm-hmm. uh, which isn't one re- one circuit, one kind of repeating circuit, it's like everything isn't working correctly, and so your heart's kind of quivering as okay. a result. Yeah. Our thought is that we can overwhelm it with enough energy to, again, depolarize all the cells and reset them. Now, I've seen, like, some places have that, like... Um portable cpr station you know what i mean right not not a cpr station but a portable defibrillator right how can you tell like how can a layman tell if they needed that or if not so here's the nice thing those those ones that you'll see that could be used by a layman uh they come with very clear instructions first of all as to where to put the pads on the chest because there's very specific places on the chest where these need to be uh and they show you where they go and then it will actually read your heart's rhythm the the patient's heart rhythm at that point mm-hmm. and so the machine will tell you either to shock or no and what it's reading is is this what we would call a shockable rhythm is this okay. a rhythm that would respond to this or is it something that unfortunately these pads are not going to help with in that case it will tell you to start cpr usually i mean you, okay. you know that's what it's supposed to do is tell you to start chest compressions which do help in some in some of these cases where you can't shock Okay. Um, listen, so th- there's a lot more questions from listeners, but um, I we, we need to take a break real quick to talk about some of our sponsors. Let's do it. Let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals 
right to your door and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high quality chef crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box pre-prepared? All I got in two minutes? I mean, filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, And the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Uh, Sydney, I have another question here for you from uh, Kevin. Okay. And Kevin asks, why can I only breathe out of one nostril at a time? Is this normal? Am I dying? Is it lupus? That's from Kevin. <laughs> uh, so I answer the third one, probably not. Yes, it's probably not lupus. It's, it's rarely lupus. Right. Uh, you're not dying from this... As far as I know, right? <laughs> you're not dying. Don't worry. It it's very normal to have that sensation that you're not that sensation. It's a real thing that you feel like you can't breathe out of one nostril at a time. And a lot of people will think that it's because there's something stuck up there. Like I, like the impression is like there's so much mucus. Sure, yeah. That your your nostril is clogged with mucus. Um, and certainly there can be mucus present, but it's often because the inside of your of your nose uh, the turbinates we call them. This just these. The lining, the mucous membranes lining the inside of your nose mm-hmm. can get swollen. Okay. And it and then it blocks the passage of air 
in that nostril. So that's why it's like sometimes you blow your, blow your nose and blow your nose and blow your nose and it still feels clogged. Because those turbinates are swollen. Oh, And man. that can be in response to, I mean, this time of year and especially where we live, Justin, it's largely allergies in response to allergens in the air. Um, okay. My nasal turbinates are quite swollen at the moment, <laughs> but it can be in response to a virus or some sort of infection as well. Um, again, very commonly allergies or some irritant. And uh, it, you know, it, it responds to a number of different, both over-the-counter and, and prescription medications if it's really bothering you. But it is not something to to really worry about or be overly concerned about. It is irritating. It usually is transient, goes away. Um, and I've always found that if you're laying on one side in bed and it feels really clogged on that side, to switch to the other side and eventually the other side will get clogged. Is that an official doctor recommendation? <laughs> No, that's that's just uh, Sydney's personal experience. Sydney, is there a medically approved way to get rid of skin tags? The internet's full of recommendations for applying apple cider vinegar to them, but I'm skeptical. That's from Katie. Good instincts, Katie. Yeah, I would generally be skeptical of a lot of um, recommendations that involve apple cider vinegar. Which when we, when we, I don't know that I mentioned this specifically on our vinegar episode, that even of the vinegars, apple cider is probably one of the least effective for the things that vinegar actually does do. Just yeah. on a side note. Uh, I think it just, people like it because it sounds nice and you can abbreviate it ACV. Uh, there really isn't, if you want to get a skin tag removed, it, for instance, if you came to me or to another physician to, to have it removed, a lot of the time, we will actually physically remove it, like cut it off. Yep. With a pair of sterile scissors. And depending mm, yep. on how large it is, we may or may not numb it first. If they're really teeny, it's almost not worth it to numb it because it's going to hurt to stick you with the needle to numb it as much as it's going to hurt to cut it off. So a lot of the time, we'll remove them mechanically. Now, if they're a larger or something, I wouldn't, you know, mm-hmm. it may be a little more complicated. But there's probably not a good way for you to just get rid of it at home. Okay. Also, though, you don't have to. They're fine. You just leave them alone. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. It's no big deal. A lot of people have skin tags. Trust me, I know. I'm a doctor. This is quite a story. (laughs) My question is this. It's from Alyssa. My dad swears up and down that he worked with a man who didn't have any ribs on one side of his body after a motorcycle crash. The gentleman in question had to have them removed and then had to live the rest of his life in a corset. If he took the corset off, the right side of his torso would lose shape and his organs would just bounce around in there. Is this possible? Would this even have been a viable treatment option for shattered ribs? And is the bag of uh, organs description an exaggeration? And that's from Alyssa. (laughs) I love, I really like this story because it sounds like a story that my dad would tell. I think it sounds like a classic dad story. It does. You know, this is one of those, like, my dad said, do you think that could be true? And then your dad just swears to it. Mm Mm-hmm. So are you going to tell these stories someday, by the way? Maybe it just starts happening. You don't really notice it. You, know? <laughs> you just start telling stories. It creeps but... into your vocab. Uh, so let me say this, a couple things. One, I could see a scenario where your ribs are so shattered that you do have to remove the bits because there's no reconstruction possible. Absolutely. I think that that can happen with, with any bone. Uh, hopefully it doesn't, but in severe cases it could. And then in that case, would... You wear, especially if this is, you know, years and years ago, would some sort of corset have been thought to, like, just keep everything, like, like the shape of everything? Sure. Mm -hmm. Like a binder or something. Yeah. I can see that. I could see that happening. The idea that you would, your organs would kind of shift around, though, if you didn't, 
that I would I would have a little more problem with. Um, our rib cage doesn't doesn't. I mean, yes, it gives our chest wall shape, mm-hmm. but like our organs aren't like <laughs> smushed free up a- against the actual ribs and like well, there's muscle on top of them, right? Yeah, there's a lot more than just bones there. So right. so no, I, your organs would not like squish around inside you if you didn't have a rib cage. Um, your chest wall would that would be a different. It does give us shape though, and it does protect our organs. Let me say that our our rib cage helps to protect some pretty vital, pretty yeah. vital organs. So it would be a dicier existence to not have a rib cage. Uh, this next question comes to us from a special guest question asker, co-host of Rose Buddies, Rachel McElroy. Uh, she says, "Let's get to the root of the McElroy tummy issues." Here, she puts those in scare quotes, which I don't appreciate. Why do some people just seem to have better slash stronger stomachs than others? Can, quote, tummy issues really be genetic? Is this really mostly about diet choices, i.e. our husband's, quote, I accidentally ate 100 sour gummy candies again, McElroy's? First, further, if you get some kind of infection slash food poisoning once, are you really more likely to get it again? Why? Rachel McElroy. I love this. Thank you, Rachel, for putting the boys on blast. <laughs> Science is going to... Signs will prove me right. No, um, it yes. won't because well, the, which I mean, one are you answering? Okay, this is this is. Let me say this. This is a complex question. Yes. So there are a lot of when we talk about tummy troubles, I think we should divide it into there are of course people with <laughs> with real digestive issues with whether it be you know syndromes where they they don't absorb all foods well or you know celiac disease or different um intolerances food intolerances people are lactose intolerant Uh, yes all of those things are quite real and some of them are genetic some of them are not and and they can be handed down in families and obviously those would cause a variety of stomach problems that aren't necessarily related to things that you do behaviorally so I'm I'm not saying that those don't exist or that I, I'm not ignoring those. That's just not really what we're, I think we're talking about. Yeah. We're talking about that kind of, um, <laughs> I know this isn't a good food idea. I know this is a bad, like this is a bad that I'm doing, but I'm going to do it anyway. And then later when I feel bad, instead of <laughs> recognizing, wow, I really shouldn't have eaten that. I'm, I'm going to blame it on my stomach. Right. I think that's what we're talking about. Yeah. So that's scientifically sound, though. Obviously, your digestive health is going to be affected by your food choices, Justin. So you agree. So if you make bad food choices. Right. You know, like if you don't have enough cookie points, but you just eat the cookies all day anyway, your your tummy's going to feel bad. And then there are things like uh, irritable bowel syndrome which I'm not diagnosing anyone with. I'm just saying it may apply in some scenarios. Are you saying it's not real? No. Okay. No, it's quite real. It's quite real. But it's influenced definitely by your food choices and also by, um, you know, irritable bowel syndrome has a lot to do with uh, anxiety as well, you know? And so, you know, because you've got receptors in your gut for hormones released from your brain. Right. So it's this isn't like it's in your head. It's not real. No, it's quite real. It's all physiologic. Uh, And so different anxiety states and things make you, you know, it's like when you you get the nervous tummy. Uh That's a real thing. You got to run to the bathroom Mm -hmm. and all that. So, so, uh, you know, those those influence these as well. Um, Obviously, if you know that certain foods because you have like acid reflux 
or you're prone to, you know, irritation in your stomach and there are foods that you know trigger it and you eat them anyway, that's going to cause tummy problems. Okay, I get it. Uh, But none of these things excuse, in my opinion, burping loudly and often. (laughs) And then saying... I don't know why you'd bring that up. And then saying, it's not my fault, it's a disease. That is never okay. (laughs) I don't know who you're talking about here. That is unacceptable behavior. I don't pass the buck on that stuff. Not me. You talking about Travis? Yeah, Travis. I'm talking about all of you. Okay, well that's fine. What I'm saying is, come on, you're grown ups. Eat better. That's all the time we got for. And don't burp so loud. And it sounds like a horse when you burp. We're done. Well, we're done, folks. (laughs) That's it. We're all done. Uh, Thank you, MeUndies, who are dedicated, provided the world's most comfortable underwear. Go to MeUndies.com slash Sawbones for free shipping and 20% off your first order. Uh, we've got a really funny new podcast on the Maximum Fun Network, which we're a proud member of called the Beef and Dowry Network. Uh, it is like a 10 minute long show that is, that is it's an update on all things related to beef and dairy. Um, and it's British and it's very funny and you'll like it a lot. And the episode is really short. Go listen to the first one and I think you'll be hooked. You can search your podcast player of choice for the Beef and Dairy Network. Uh, and while you're there, check out a lot of other Maximum Fun shows like Throwing Shade, Judge John Hodgman, Jordan Jesse Go, One Bad Mother, uh, Ono Ross bro- and Carrie. My brother, my brother and me. Oh, thank you, my dear. Pop I ha- Rocket. I haven't plugged you in a while. Thanks, I, I appreciate you it. needed it. There's a ton there. MaximumFun.org is the place to find all those. And uh, Sydney has another podcast. It's on the Maximum Fun Network, too. It's called Still Buffering. She hosts it with her sister's. And they talk about the teenage navigating your teenage years. It's a really good show. Go listen to that too. Thank you, honey. You're welcome, sweetheart. I uh, think that's all we have. Thanks to the oh taxpayers for letting us use their song "Medicines" as the intro and outro of our program. And that is gonna do it for us. Until next Wednesday ish. My name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.